Hey, BA fam, this episode is sponsored by State Farm. Are you a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers. They're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. Hey, hey, hey. You know, I add a little extra, you know, because, you know, I'm feeling that. (laughs) Tiffany. Hey, guys. Happy Brown Edition Wednesday, officially. It's Mandy. (laughs) Yes. Oh, anything new coming up? Oh, you're going to miss me in a minute, Mandy. I'm going to be gone for two whole weeks. How will you deal? I know. I think that we're going to be okay. I mean, we love you and the show would be nothing without you, obviously. <laughs> but we, like I said, we've got some really good guests lined up for the next couple of weeks. Um, next week, we're going to have our fairy, go- fairy mo- uh, money godmother herself, Lynette Calthani Cox, joining the show. And we'll talk about all kinds of fun stuff. I think our her biggest episode with us so far has been about the power of negotiating. And she gets real, real, like, first of all, like, talk about life experience. She has the most amazing mm-hmm. stories about actual times she has gotten more of herself, not to mention launching, you know, running this huge business that she has as the money coach, which she's had for like a decade now or more. Mm-hmm. So um, Lynette will be on next week. And then we have our fave, Sandy Smith from Yes, I Am Cheap, joining the show. And Sandy has made um, a name for herself with all the side hustles and showing how yes. you, can, you can have a stable life, stable nine to five, and then also bring in side income. And um, I'm really excited to have her on. So she'll be on next, next week. I love them both. Honestly, they're so dope. Speaking of like Lynette, you know, she was like one of my very first mentors in the space. And actually, you know, I, it's only recently, like, that folks have been talking about the difference between mentor and sponsor. Have you been, like, listening to kind of, like, that, not debate, but that kind of, that discussion? No, sponsor. Like, I, I just thought of, like, Alcoholics Anonymous or something. <laughs> no. So, apparently, like, your mentor is a person that kind of, like, gives you advice. Like, hey, girl, don't wear that. You look crazy. You know, hey, girl, don't talk to the boss like that. You're going to get fired, you know. But your sponsor is, like, I'm in the room and I really think that Mandy deserves this raise. Um, Mandy, I'm, you know, like, for example, Lynette, I didn't realize, like, I used to call Lynette my mentor, but honestly, she was like both a mentor and a sponsor. I remember, um, when I first met Lynette, I was at this black enterprise, um, event. It had to be like seven years ago. Um, but she was so nice. She, we were following each other on Twitter, but I didn't know what she looked like. I mean, well, at least not in person. So I didn't recognize her. Um, meanwhile, my cheeky self asked her to take a picture of me and, um, Soledad O'Brien. I was like, oh, hey lady, don't know who you are. Can you take a picture of me? (laughs) (laughs) And she was so nice. And then afterwards she's like, hi Tiffany. I was like, oh, hi, how you know my name? Because I, I stood up, like you you could ask like a question to like Soledad. There was like a panel and I stood up. I said, hi, I'm Tiffany. I have a business called The Budgetista. So that's how she knew because she didn't know what I looked like either. So she came over. She's like, hey Tiffany, you know, you're The Budgetista. I was like, yes. 
I was like, oh, someone recognizes me. Meanwhile, I stood up and said, I am <laughs> Tiffany the Bajavista. And so um, she was like, oh, I'm Lynette Confati. I melted on the floor. I was like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry I asked you to take a picture with me. <laughs> because like, so that Bonnie was cool, but like I stand for Lynette. Like, you know, she was just so nice via Twitter. She was just so knowledgeable. And so um, that day, um, she, Lynette, she's since moved, but she used to live in um, Mountainside, New Jersey, which is like right next to the city where my parents live, um, Westfield. And she was going, headed back to, um, Jersey. And she said, you know, how'd you get out here? I said, the train. She said, you want to ride back? And I was like, what? Uh, yeah. And so we drove back. There was so much traffic. What would have been a 45 minute drive ended up being like a two hour drive. And she proceeded to pour, I mean, everything into me so much. So I took out a notebook so much. So, so that's mentoring, right? Yeah. Advice, advice. But what she did that was even more amazing, she said, have you ever been on TV? And I was like, no. She's like, do you want to be? And I said, uh, uh, yeah. She made a phone call right there in the car to Pix11 News, which is a local New York, um, like, you know, Pix11, local New York, kind of like, I guess, tri-state area, right? Would you say Pix11 is, um, Mandy? Have you ever watched Pix11 News? I've done Pix11. I don't know where they broadcast. I just assume they broadcast it somewhere. I never checked. <laughs> I think <laughs> to I follow say tri-state, up. like, sounds about like right. New York, yeah. New York. Right. So like pretty local, but still like, I mean, still a huge deal to me because I grew up watching Pix11. And so she was like, she called the producers and said, you know how I'm supposed to come on next week? I have somebody else I would, I think we should come on. She gave me her spot, Mandra. And yeah. I was like, looking at her like, ma'am, I, I don't. Bippity boppity boop. The fairy is, money godmother. For real. <laughs> and that's a sponsor. A sponsor gives you more than advice. You know what it is? A sponsor gives you opportunity, real opportunity. And it wasn't just she just said, hey, take my spot, because Lynette is so confident. Like, girl, they will have me back whenever I want. She was like, right before you go on, I'll do some media training with you. Okay, stranger lady from Twitter. (laughs) I couldn't believe it. And she did. She she coached me so well, ended up doing well, and ended up going on fairly regularly, you know, once when Lynette was free (laughs) and was not free. (laughs) They're like, girl, you cute, but we want Lynette. I was like, I'm fine with that. (laughs) But yeah, so... It's not easy to find. Have you ever had like a sponsor sponsor? Like No, no one loves me or supports me. Like, (laughs) oh man, I don't know. You know, sometimes there's, there may be people and I feel like to get where I am now, I must have. But um, I feel like sometimes it's people who do things on your, to your benefit that don't necessarily shout about it or don't tell you like, hey, I vouch for you. Um, I get the sense that I've definitely in the past couple of years had a specific sponsor who's always kind of looking out for me and um but it's it's been like an unspoken thing but I've never been trapped in the car with Lynette that would be nice oh my gosh Mandy when (laughs) I tell you I literally had pages and pages I'd never met someone who was so I mean I still aspire to that level of giving you know what I mean like Lynette is someone who I actually model like my not just like my business after but like my life after Lynette is so confident and just kind but she, it's not just me. You're like, oh, Tiffany, because you're so special. No, it's, everyone has their Lynette is so kind to me story. Like, yes, she just everyone, whether you just started yesterday or you're seasoned. She like there are certain people in my life who I'm like, you know, if, if I could get as close to them as far as personality wise as possible. Lynette is one of them. And um, yeah, I, I, I was watching this video about like, how do you get a sponsor? And it's like two parts. It's, you get a sponsor through your work. Right. Or through relationships, meaning like so one, if you're just killing it, like, oh, my gosh, 
you know, someone's like, yo, I like Mandy. Like, like I suspect that your sponsor is like, Mandy works really hard. Mandy's super smart. She's ambitious. She's killing it. I'm going to put her on when I get into this room. So that like, that's one way. And the other way is through relationships. So meaning like, um, you know, like I used to, like almost everyone typically has like a work mom. <laughs> I remember when I was like a, getting my internships, I had a work mom. And so she and I became really close. And so she used to put me on because she, we had a relationship. Not that I was like, you know, some amazing intern. I mean, I, I guess I was fine, but because she actually liked me and we had developed a true relationship, then like, you know, she, um, she was the executive assistant to the CEO where I was interning. And so she would be like, Tiffany's amazing. She's so great, blah, blah, blah. But that's because of our relationship. So, cause people ask me all the time, how do you get a sponsor? Mm-hmm. And it's not like something that, you know, just it, it, like, I haven't had a sponsor from what I could tell. Well, at least, um, the, the sponsor like Lynette, I mean, I'm sure there's people behind the scenes. Um, and so, um, Lynette's was more relationship based because I mean, she didn't know if I was going to be good on TV and the other sponsors that I probably had behind the scenes are, are more work, work based. So I just think that's just the interesting concept, mentor versus sponsor. And, and how do you attract both? Yeah. And especially if you're like in, in corporate America or you're working for a company that I don't know has more than 50 people and you don't feel like there's anyone, I don't know, let's say you're middle management or senior management and there's not someone because you're, you have, you're managing people and you don't necessarily want to talk to them about, you know, your career ambitions or how to move up in the company. Um, and it may not be clear to you, you know, who at your company you can talk to. That's, that's one of the challenges I think I've encountered. And then I've heard from other people is not really knowing who to go to. And if you're, especially if you don't have a, um, a, some HR organizations do a really good job where they have in, in company mentoring programs. Um, and I guess it's a form of sponsorship, but where you match, um, sort of, uh, some employees with, with people who can, who have been at the company for a long time, maybe in a, like a level or two higher or on parity with them and just say, you know, this is your buddy. This is a person who you can check in with, who is not your boss, not your direct report. Um, mm. just sort of an a, objective person. Um, that's good. And yeah, it's something that I, I, I feel like a lot of a lot of people could benefit from and and especially cuz like it's it's one thing having a sponsor maybe you know more generally who's not necessarily doing your job or not working at your company but to have someone in the place where you're working especially yeah. if you see yourself being there for a long time who can help you maneuver um I mean for better yeah. or for worse there is some maneuvering in corporate and um and and you know in corporations and stuff so to, how to how do you move around how do you remove roadblocks to have someone like that, um, yeah, that's awesome. Really have, have you ever been a sponsor for someone? I mean, now that you're saying it, I'm one. I feel like I'm at the Academy Awards, and I'm not doing a good job thinking of who I should thank. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, no, damn, someone's gonna know, listen to this. About, even like for myself, I'm like, have I? Been <laughs> I've you definitely, know, like- I've definitely gone to bat. I was in my review, my performance review this time around. Um, well, good and bad. Um, my one of the, one of the things was you care so much about your people, like you're constantly defending them, not defending, but like um, going to bat for them. And I and as a manager, I've learned like if you don't ask for things like promotions and raises and stay the hell on your HR team, like it it may not happen for that person. Mm-hmm. And I've learned how to really advocate and be a loud squeaky wheel when it comes to getting those types of things for my people, especially in leaner times, like when a company's not throwing around money, um, it can be even more challenging. So I, I take that upon myself because one, I want people well, to be that's happy. That's sponsorship. So you've been Yeah, well. yeah. Um, you know, I certainly feel like for someone to say, hey, hello, you know, reporter, you should definitely come run a whole content team. That is a form of sponsorship, like mm-hmm. seeing the potential in someone 
even if they don't have a proven track record. And that's something that like, so for example, I'm, I'm recruiting, I'm always recruiting, I'm always hiring different roles and stuff, it seems like. Um, but when I'm reviewing resumes, I think because of what I have been given, which is an opportunity to prove myself in a way that maybe my resume didn't show that I was prepared for. I, when I'm looking at resumes, I, I'm looking at them differently, you know, if, if, especially for roles that are maybe more entry level, or maybe would be a step up for someone, even if their resume doesn't say they've had X number of years experience. And this is why you should apply for jobs. I think that you don't have the number of, you know, stated experience years that they want. I'm, I'm thinking like, okay, this is a, I, I literally have a label on the way that I organize my recruiting is I have labels and I'll put wild card by some people if I think mm. if I think there's something about this person they don't have the, it's not on paper but let's give them this test let's have them come in let's let's see what they have to give um, and I literally I like gave, that wild card yeah and I've given people um, I've given people second stabs at a test so if, you know if I'm testing editors or writers I've given people a second go round if I felt like the first go round wasn't good I've okay. annihilated them in my remarks to them and told them how poor it was just to see how they would react and then give them another chance. And um, I don't know. I, I So I think in that way, I try to sponsor. I try and give people the benefit of the doubt and a chance a chance to kind of prove themselves. Awesome. I feel like we, you did. So, so it's like, it's not that you necessarily have this one core person that you're like, I'm always sponsoring, but it's like when the, when the situation arises, you know, where you're like, okay, this situation um, require sponsorship if I really want to see this person get this raise or, you know, help navigate or, or remove a roadblock. No. So, so that's honestly, you're in a, you're in a position of, um, of power. I mean, for lack of a better word. And so, yeah, that's, that's good to know. And so I'm thinking about like, you know, just this conversation just has me thinking like wh- how I can do a better job because it's different in my company. Cause I'm the CEO. So, um, I'm, you know, I try to be conscious and I actually encourage my team members to sponsor each other because there are certain people that I work with all the time like oh you know I know Logan is killing it Tamara is killing it Karen's killing it but that's my lead team Rachel's killing it I might not know know that Kamon who works on customer success and customer support she's been killing it because she works on Tamara's team so Tamara is is her lead and so, you know, Tamara might have to be like, uh, just so you know, Kamon has been killing these last couple of weeks. So I really encourage that because I don't want to miss someone's excellence because we don't connect on a daily basis. That's not your fault. You didn't do anything wrong because we don't because I'm not watching you work because you, you already have your team lead. And so I don't necessarily think of sponsorship in my company, but I do I, um, try to think of like, well, what can I do? with like other people, especially in the Brown financial space, you know, like how can I Support. put folks on? Yeah. Because I, we're all just so dope. So I know one of the things is like for the literature Academy, if, if I see someone who's really dope, like I try to be like, Hey, you want to teach a class? Because yes, the students benefit, but honestly, like the members, these members have been like raised and, and molded for like the last, some of them for like the last seven years and they are primed and ready to invest further. And so you come on, I mean, I've had people make, you know, in a month from the people in my uh, online school, in like a, a, one of my friends um, teaches people how to take their invention from idea to the shelves of like Walmart and Target. I've had, she made like $60,000 from people who then invested further into her business. Like um, as far as like, you know, hiring her to do whatever it is that, you know, like whatever her service or whatever is. And so that's kind of like my way to be like, cause I want, 
I want them, the the people that we serve, the dream catchers and dream builders to have access to like top tier folks that look like them. And then this is my opportunity to put on top tier folks that you might, they might not otherwise um, run into you, you know? So like, kind of like that's, that's what I do for now. But I feel like, I don't know, like I want to be more pointed with it. Like, that's pretty hey. damn pointed. <laughs> you're putting them in front of your vast audience as a is a gift. You're like a little, see, you're a fairy godmother too. Yeah, I know, but I feel like different people, like for example, I love Tila Holcomb, right? I'm like, what can I do for Tila? I just love Tila. She could just so, uh, you know, so like when things come up, I'm like, like I wasn't able to do the speaking tour and I feel so bad. And I, you know what? They ended up asking um, Tila and because I'm like, I can't do it. And I thought to myself, why didn't I tell them about Tila? Like I should have like, you know, because that's something that Patrice taught me, Patrice Washington, you know, we all love her. She was one of our guests. So Patrice taught me that and I forgot. She was like that when she can't do something, someone reaches out and says, hey, we'd love for you to do this. She never let that, that opportunity leave without making a suggestion, that sponsorship. And I was kicking myself. I'm glad they ended up reaching out to Tila, but I was kicking myself and like, all I said basically was like, oh, I'm un- unable to do it. So sorry, I have a conflict. It should have been like, but I have somebody amazing who could take my place. And that's something I'm trying to remember that if I can't do that, that's like the Patrice rule. If you can't do it, girl, don't let them leave without at least looking into someone that you know that it's dope so you could put someone else on, you know? What would Patrice slash Lynette do? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Such dope people that we know. <laughs> yeah, for real. There's so few. And, you know, personal finance journalism, too, is is not the most diverse field. But um, I recently got – I didn't realize there was this, this – um, I, I, there mu- I must have known in the back of my mind that something like this must have existed. But there's like a network of black financial journalists. And I finally got the tap on my shoulder to join the email chain to, <laughs> to meet up with these, you know, other black financial journalists. So I'm excited about, about that because, um, you know, I've, I've tried to recruit a very – as diverse a team as I can. But still, it's a small, it's a small little world out here. But if you don't have to like sponsor in big ways, um, you know, if it doesn't have to, you know, you don't have to feel like, oh, I can't give you a job or like a monetary opportunity. But just like what I love about my team is we're constantly doing shout outs. Like, like, it's like you said, when you don't, when your team is growing and getting bigger and you've got layers of management in between you and the, and, and people who are um, working for you, you may not understand who the rock stars are and you need that feedback from. Yes you know, your middle management to, to tell you. And so to make that part of their daily goal and expectation, like you tell me how everyone's doing and who the, who's doing very well so that you're having a sense of where the star performers are at on the team without, exactly. without having I would love to, to hear, like, check in. I feel like if y'all could tweet us, right. What's our Twitter. We, I feel like we haven't said it in so long. <laughs> at the BA podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's been a minute. That's it. <laughs> Uh, so honestly, tweet us. Do you uh, have you ever been sponsored? Do you sponsor? Have you ever been mentored? Do you mentor? So we, I just love to like you know at the BA podcast, just send us a, a quick tweet and you know um, and just like I'd love your feedback of like what that's looked like in your life and how someone's sponsorship or mentorship has really helped to take you to the next level. I think those be some interesting responses. Yes. And sorry if I forgot to mention anyone who's ever helped me out and they're listening. It's very rude. I know. You're sorry. like, ooh, you try. There's to- so many. I think my mama, <laughs> God, the universe. I want to say, I know, I want to say.
Hey, BA fam, this episode is sponsored by State Farm. Are you a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers. They're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. Let's let's look at a couple of headlines real quick. Have everyone's been following the college? I can't wait to talk about this college aid scandal with Lynette next week. But the most yes. recent thing is, you know how like you know everyone's making fun of some people because they did it. You know they're in the wrong. All these all these parents who you know paid billions of dollars to get their kids into colleges like USC. Um, you know it's it's fun to wag fingers at them, but think before you post and look at your own history because Dr. Dre got himself mm. in a, a little bit of an embarrassing situation because <laughs> his daughter got into USC and he decided to post a photo on Instagram with the caption, my daughter got accepted into USC all on her own, no jail time, ha ha ha. Um, well, people quickly reminded him that just a few years ago, he himself with Jimmy Ivine uh, donated some $70 million to USC Yikes. to uh, start a new academy for arts um, innovation or something like that, which is yeah. great, which is awesome. But that's more of like the sanctioned way to get your kid into college. Yeah. Because are they really going to tell you, hey, thank you for your 70 million, but your daughter can't come here. Right. I mean, that was an investment in his daughter's education, yes. I might say. Yeah. And then apparently like the internet found an old post from his daughter that said that she, um, then she was complaining about her dad pushing her to apply to USC and she didn't really want to go. Like, yeah. come on, guys. Yo, honestly, the internet is undefeated. Like, the FBI could sit back and just take lessons. Like, they know who shot JFK. <laughs> Black Twitter. They're like, girl, bye. Black like, Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> undefeated. If you burped on Twitter 10 years ago, they're like, oh, you don't burp? Are you sure? Screenshot. <laughs> what would so, MLK have tweeted about? I know. Oh my gosh. It's just, it's very hard to live your life out loud. So just be mindful yes. folks. But I mean, I feel you Dr. Dre, but yeah, $70,000 is, I don't think it was 70 a bribe. million million. Oh yeah. Million. <laughs> million. No, you know, I'm not calling it a bribe, but it's a bribe. No, but, but yeah, either way, congrats to your daughter. That's cute. But you know, they weren't going to tell her no. That's why I love Lynette because she's like, you know, for, for regular parents, she has the best advice on how to get yeah. just – she's gotten her kids like hundreds of thousands of dollars in grant and scholarship money right. um, and aid money for all, for colleges and her kids her kids go to awesome schools yeah. without the, uh, the shadiness. So sit down, Dr. Dre, <laughs> please. Um, yeah. And then I think we were talking a little bit a while, like a while ago about – um, you know, both of us are thinking about motherhood and, yes. um, and especially for people in the workforce, there's that constant question, when is the right time um, to leave the workforce? And then what's going to happen to my career if I leave the workforce? This is, this is one of the reasons I'm excited we're going to have Farnoosh Tarabi on the show in a few weeks from now to talk about 
um, the motherhood penalty, as it were, and what happens when you leave. But just to just to, uh, you know, get us all excited about that episode, here is a recent stat that I read about really the cost of having a child um, in the workforce today. So it can cost $16,000 a year in lost wages um, for mother working mothers. And that's according to census data that was recently analyzed by the National Women's Law Center. And also, we all know about like the wage gap, but I never thought about the mother wage gap. And it Me turns either. out, so women, I think, where, where are we at? Uh, 80, 80 cents or 90 cents to the dollar a man makes? Well, yeah, if you're not a woman of color, but yeah. Yes, women in general. Mothers are at 71 cents for every dollar their male counterparts make. And can you imagine if you're if you're a brown a brown mother? Right, exactly. It's like the double penalty, and it's not just the fact that you lose your wages. And it, you know, and people say, "What does that mean?" You know, losing sixteen thousand dollars, earning less. I think it it comes down to a couple of different factors. One of which is um, accounting for the time away from work and the reduction in re- wages from that. So if you're not a salaried employee and you're you know you're earning an hourly wage, you're you're missing out on on your payment while you're you know on maternity leave, and then. In some cases, even if you are salaried, you're not getting paid 100% of your salary. Like to yeah. be on maternity leave, it's it's like a, you either get disability um, or you get like a fraction of your, your salary if you get paid at all to be off. Yeah. And, and on top of that, it's like, you know, I've had girlfriends even now who have decided to leave their job because they couldn't, you know, either childcare was so expensive and they weren't getting paid enough to really make the math work out um, or – just couldn't justify um, working someplace where they weren't feeling fulfilled and the payment was off and decided to just, you know, set their career aside for a while um, while they took care of their children. And like, those are real decisions. Yeah, choices. Yeah, choices that people are making in this day and age. And I just feel like, I mean, what I, one of the things I wish I would have thought of, of like earlier is that like, and this is like something I'm telling like my younger sisters is that like, cause you know, sometimes you're like, I don't know if I want to have kids. That's how, remember when we first started Brown Ambition, I was very like 50, 50, you know, it has been years since then though. Like we've yeah. evolved, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, but I wish even then I wish I would have like, you know, but like, okay, even if there's an inkling, like what would that look like? You know what I mean? Yeah. Because there's so much pre-prep work. Um, if you're wanting to, you know, make sure that you can maintain your income, if you're, you know, like to just even just physically to make sure, am I even able, should I freeze my eggs? There's so much, there are so many financial decisions in just deciding if you want to. And so like what I would have told like Tiffany, like, you know, early Brown Ambition days is, you know, well, even if you're not sure, like if you are sure, like, you know how like Jenny Mai on, on the real, if you guys watch, she's very adamant. She doesn't want kids. Like, she's like, I'm very clear. I always, I've always known that. Then that's one thing. But if you're kind of like, I don't know, maybe so, then like really asking yourself and, and start looking at what would need to be done financially and otherwise it, if you did. Because there's just so much, I mean, there's so much pre-work that I've done. And I'm like, dang, I wish I would have at least looked into the pre-work earlier. Um, just because I, you know, I was never a definite no, and I wasn't a hundred percent yes until like recently, you know, that I wish I would have done that a little bit earlier. Cause I'm like, Oh, there's so many things like, like working for myself. I, you know, I, I was like, wait, so wait, how am I going to pay for a baby if I am the budgetista and the budgetista is a speaker. And if I don't speak, I don't eat. That's and so, so like, you know, so that was something, you know, it's one of the reasons, honestly, that it forced me to, or pushed me 
to start the Live Richer Academy because I said, I still want to teach. I still want to help. But I want I have to create an avenue where I could do this without having to get on a plane and be somewhere. Um, and so the Literature Academy is born in some other kind of like side businesses. But yeah, that's what I would suggest now that if you are, you know, in your 20s and your 30s and you're just like, I'm not sure I'm kind of ambivalent, it, at least look into it. So that way, when you do make a decision, you're ready either way, one way or the other, almost like you have to make your T-chart. Like if I do have a kid, what does that look like? You know, do I have insurance? Do I have this? Do I have that? Should I freeze my eggs because I'm 32 and I might not, you know, I'm not with anyone seriously that I'd want to have a kid with or, you know, whatever that kind of looks like, you know, do do your prep work because that work is going to have to be done anyway. And if you do decide that you do want to have children, you're going to wish you started that sooner because I know I did. No, 100%. I mean, and as far as like people who are working nine to five or working for other people, it also impedes your decisions like around or influences your decision around, will you leave your job if you're unhappy? You know, will can you start a new job and then become pregnant quickly after that? And the fear around being judged or being perceived as less of a hardworking individual or as a liability. I mean, as much as companies will say that they don't discriminate against working mothers, it happens all the time. Yep. I mean, I mean, it's the smallest things from having inflexible work schedules, from not offering, you know, working mothers things like work from home privileges if they need to ease back into, you know, work life even after maternity leaves over. I was talking to a friend of mine from a former place I worked at, and mm-hmm. I was so surprised she was you know, she came back from maternity leave and they, you know, granted they have a generous policy of like 16 weeks um, paid maternity, but, you know, even she was realizing how difficult it was to leave her child at four months to go back to work. And she felt so afraid to ask her manager for, for, you know, a different schedule where she could come in earlier and leave earlier. And I was like, how can this be? (laughs) Like, just go ask. But it was the fear um, Uh around the perception. And when I was, this is the same company. I think it's just, it's just a wider culture there. Um, when I worked there, you know, several years ago, there was a perception that if you were male and um, had children, that they would be likely they would be not penalized socially if they were to ask off because of a sick kid. Um, but that the mothers on my team would complain that they felt like they were judged more harshly when they asked could, to leave early I or take time off for a sick kid. So it's like not just a financial impact; it's also the 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 workplace Social. environment yes yeah. and it's crazy because like I look like one like my sister she just had a baby well yes the, um, Lily is six months um and you know she had her maternity leave and it just made her look at her job like you know what this is not really a fit you know like it really opens up your mind my sister is like a, a genius she has a whole how to get a job system she actually I had her teach a class in the academy because she had this whole like like she has, she's super organized, like the opposite of me. And she has this whole intricate how to interview and get a job and find the right job. And she's never, she's never gone from level to level. She either super levels up or at minimum is getting like a five to $10,000 raise, you know, from job to job. So she, it made her really look at her current job. She just hit me the other day and she was like, we were just talking. I'm like, Oh, how's Lily? She's like, good. Oh, she's like, did I tell you I have a new job? I'm like, of course you do. Because that's what you do. And she was like, yep, it's closer to the house. The hours are more flexible because they were not trying to, I guess, wherever her old place was, was not in alignment. And she was like, and I think it's like, you know, it's a, a significant raise, like, you know, a five figure um, uh, um, raise on top of what she was already getting paid. And I was like, wow, only you. And so, um, but, but the thing is she had prepared because I guess, you know, you, you, she, you don't get your um, insurance right away. 
You know, like there's like that like moment where you're on Cobra or whatever your kind of like gap insurance is. So she had saved for that. And so there's, like I said, that's that pre kind of uh, planning. But now she's like, I'm happier. I feel like this job is more in alignment with where I want to go, you know, in my career, but in alignment with who I want to be as a mom and I'm making more. And so it's just, you know, those, those opportunities are out there. It just might not be at your current job. Yeah. And I, I definitely felt the pressure to move into like, so for example, where I am now, I feel in a really good position to start a family here. And, you know, I think like anyone in my business right now, there's just so many jobs out there. I'm always recruiting for a reason. People are coming for my people. They're coming to poach them. Um, <laughs> we're all poaching each other's people, which is good because it means, you know, the job market's really hot. And if you're, you know, in my business, then you are, it's more competitive. It drives up wages. It drives up salaries, all that good stuff. Um, but it's definitely made me question, is now the right time to leave um, because of the, the I'm planning a family? I decided, no, I'm going to stay put for a while. Um, you know, even if, and, and I have to think, well, so far it hasn't been like a huge opportunity come my way that I was really, I think if it were the huge opportunity with lots of upside, um, it would be hard to like turn it down, but I would have to give myself pause. I think like anyone else and just really question, is this the right thing? You know, starting a new job when you have a child too, it's like of all that, like you have so much new in your life to also yeah. change your employer. No. It's a lot. I, I tell people this, though, I will say this, and I wish somebody would have told me this, and I guess they probably did, but I wasn't listening, um, that you can you can always, as a woman, you can always have a business, you can always have a job, but you can't always have a baby. There are physical limitations to giving birth. Now, you can adopt you know, at any age, obviously, but I mean, physically giving birth, you are limited, you know, as a woman of when that can happen. And so, you know, that to be mindful of that, because I really wasn't, I was like, ah, oh, I mean, people get knocked up every day. And I'm like, yikes, you know, like all the fertility trouble that, you know, I've been having. I'm like, I mean, who knows? I mean, I might've had fertility trouble when I was 21, you know, I don't know because it's not like I was checking or trying to have a kid, but it's just, I'm just being mindful of that now. Like, okay. That like, that's why now I'm not playing. I mean, I've been turning that, I just turned down like a very lucrative uh, contract because I was like, no, this going to interfere with my, with my, you know, like all that I'm doing to have a baby. And there, I mean, like, you know, it, even just like big, like um, uh, media stuff. I'm like, no, I'm not flying out. Nope, nope, nope. Like you're really are not going to catch me like on like a plane, um, you know, unless it's like, you know, a family thing or whatever. But this year it's just not happening because Everybody can kick rocks. Like, I don't want to look back and be 50 and be like, I'm so glad I flew out to Colorado to speak at that thing. And then <laughs> yeah. flew out to Hawaii. But, you know, no baby for me. There's no way. I don't care. People, I mean, there are people who are like, upset with me. Like, Tiffany, but we really wanted you to come. I mean, I actually canceled the tour. And I was like, yeah, I'm so sorry. I did the first leg, but I'm not doing the rest. What? I'm like, yeah. Keep your money. Do you want, I can even refund the first money. It's That's how important it is to me that I'm making it. Priority number one, two, three, four, and five. Everything else means nothing because I don't want to look back and be like, you didn't even really give it a try. I can always work. Always. It's not going anywhere. But I cannot always give birth. And so, like, I'm making that, like, my super priority. Like, my team, as I know they listen, hey, guys. They're like, they even they know. They're like, Tiffany, it's like operation. Give Tiffany space to have a baby. <laughs> Everybody knows. Like, you know, like, it's just... That, you know, taking things off my plate and I'm usually like for 10 years I've been doing a budgetista and I actually enjoy working. I'm a, I'm a workaholic, but I, in a way that like, I love it. I love waking up early. I love going to bed late. I love putting in the work, 
But like in the last couple of months, I'm like, yeah, I don't love it anymore because it's hindering me from like what I truly want. Because at the end of the day, you know, I want a family. And so um, just being mindful of that, I wish I would have thought of that, like I said earlier. But I mean, you know, hindsight is 2020. But yeah, it's just so, you know, when if y'all hit me up and you're like, how come you're not at the such and such? Because I'm home having a baby. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'm I'm grateful for your candor because I feel like you and then you're not the only person um, who has been older than me and told me the exact same thing. So that's honestly how I got over myself and my, you know, babies. That's so, you know, I'm so above that right now, not starting a family. Yeah, um, yeah I mean, so yeah, thanks for, for being honest about that because I think it's something that people in their mid-20s because you have time to start planning ahead. Mm-hmm. Now, of course, there's like the stigma of a, a woman trying to plan ahead for her her, you know, having a child someday, people want to call that woman desperate or call her, you know, you know, I don't know, just just someone who has no has no career and has no career ambitions. No, that's just a smart ass woman. Yes, it is. Like you would plan ahead to say for a wedding, you know, or for your retirement. I think parenthood is also something that you should start thinking about when you're you're laying the steps and the groundwork for your career in your mid 20s. You know, where are you going to be five years from now when you might want to have a child? And then yeah. setting yourself up to be in a place where that can be something that is not as hard for and you also, to do. So I just think that we, um, I know so many people who are doing really well professionally, you know, great business, great career, great job, great whatever. That does not, professional success is not um, personal success. And it takes people a long time to realize that, even me. I was like, oh, okay, you know, you work so hard, you don't even think about it. And then one day you quote unquote kind of arrive. And I feel like lately I felt like, like this sense of arrival 10 years in. And I'm like, oh, wow. Like, it's not a matter of me asking for opportunities. I mean, they're being, I can't even, I can't even hold the opportunities that are coming my way. So there's this sense of like, you did it, bitch, you did it. You know, I don't even curse like that. Right. But, (laughs) and I'm like, okay, like. Yeah, uh, you know, I I guess you know you work so hard, and not that I thought that success was gonna bring this like sense of like euphoric, automatic like um, happiness, you know. But you know, I guess like, there's like you know you think to yourself like you know once I arrive, that's all my dreams, and I realize that's not all my dreams. <laughs> like I'm super gassed and geeked that yes, I professionally have felt like I arrived, but um. I, you know, I have partially, quite honestly, neglected my personal success, you know, and I've worked really hard, like, like, especially last year, I've worked really hard to like, you know, like spend time with friends. I see my niece and my nephew all the time, like just to like, you know, just to babysit, you know, um, hang out with Superman more. So I have really in the last year been really conscious of like working on the personal success of like, you know, like and I hate the word balance, but like harmony in life. Like, do I speak to my parents regularly? You know, when Drina, my best friend and I talk on the phone, are we just talking about, cause she's my publicist. Are we just talking about the budget? Or are we just like, how's Gabe? That's her, her son and my guy, my godson. You know, when's the last time I went to the movies with a girlfriend or just walked in the park. And so I really, I feel like this part of my life now, I'm really turning my gaze more so toward my personal success because I feel lopsided that like there's a st- there's a statistic it said something like um less than one percent of women owned businesses will ever make over a million dollars a year. I mean we've blown that out of the water. I mean like you know 
probably collectively the businesses, one business I have now makes double that, double, nearly triple that. And so it's like, yeah, you know, you reach what less than 1% of women run businesses or own businesses will do. And it's still kind of like, okay, so what? You know, like I, I really like, I cannot, I mean, like I'm just sharing this now because I know there are folks who are listening who are giving everything they've got to like their professional success. And I'm not saying that you shouldn't, but I'm not, I'm just saying, don't lose sight that that's not the only thing that's going to make you feel fulfilled, you know, because, you know, I'm at a position where I can say every dream that I've ever really kind of had, except for the whole, you know, sitting on Oprah's couch. But every, other than that, everything that I've ever thought, how much I want to make, being able to help my parents, you know, being debt free, owning home, like everything that I ever thought kind of like professionally that I've ever wanted to do, I've done that plus some. And I'm still kind of like, uh, I mean, it's cute over here. And I know why. It's because of the personal side that I'm like, Tiffany, you have to put the effort into that as well. So I'm talking to Tiffany, but I'm also talking to you, Brown Ambition listeners, who from someone who came from not having any professional success, really, to like having all of the professional success I could ever dream of and, and kind of arriving and saying, I mean, I guess. And I'm like, what? Like, girl, I should be geeked. And I'm like, and I know why not, but I'm working on the perfect, the personal side, just keeping that in mind. I just, you know, like I said, I wish, I wish somebody could have pulled me to the side, like in your quest for this, don't forget about this piece here. I'm fortunate that I'm young. I'm still in my thirties that, you know, I'm turning the boat around to say my focus is yes, I'm still rocking out as a budgetista and the other businesses and stuff, but I'm placing my personal success and I'm giving it more, um, more attention than my professional success because, you know, that's what's important to me now. Preach. <laughs> I know people are like, oh my God. Honestly, I feel like Brown Ambition listeners like love when we're like super transparent like that, you know? I don't want anybody to think like, is Tiffany unhappy? No, not at all, honestly. It's just very eye-opening of like, oh, because I kept waiting to feel like this like, oh, moment, you did it, you did it. And I'm like, yeah, and it feels great. But still, I'm like, dang, when's the last time I went on a date with Superman? Poor Superman. I'm always like, shh, I'm taking with Mandy. Shh, I'm doing a live. Shh, I'm doing, you know? And I'm okay. Like, oh. I'm part of the problem. Okay. <laughs> no, but you know, but I'm like, I don't want that. You know, we were just talking about this morning. I was like, babe, let's have a, I'm actually going to surprise him because we both love comedy shows. So like, there's like some comic coming to like um, Newark. So I'm going to surprise him with tickets. Because I'm like, babe, we always said we want to have regular dates. And then even though we hang out a lot at home, we're not like dating each other like I'd like to, you know? And so, like, that's something that, like, I'm adding that to my professional, my personal success. Like, you know, are you going on regular dates with Superman? Although you guys hang out, you know, we talk every day. We Like, he's, you know, my best friend. But, you know, we weren't, like, dating. Like, oh, you look cute with your outfit on. You know, we're, like, home in, like, our grungy clothes. Like, so pizza or Chinese, you know? <laughs> and so, like, that, like, you know, like, how often am I seeing my niece and my nephew? You know, are they acting like up strangers? Because, you know, when you when your niece and nephew are like two and three, if you're not there enough, they're like, who are you again? Uh, that's the worst <laughs> feeling when they forget who you are. <laughs> you know, like, am I going to see my parents regularly? I'm like, I have to go see my dad more. And like, because my dad is in his 70s, you know, and every day is a blessing. That's <laughs> true. So, yeah. I know I was complaining about not being able to take a vacation, but it's only because I've, I've used all my, the rest of my points that I have on my Chase account for two trips, one to St. Louis to see my mom, my sister, and my brother, and then one to go to Atlanta um, to see my dad for his birthday, which I haven't done in like, I don't know if I've been with my dad in his birthday in 10 years, maybe. Oh, I know he was happy. I mean, I guess he'll, yeah, he'll probably be happy. 
He'll grumble. But... Oh, 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 you you haven't. Oh, you haven't gone yet. Oh, you use it for that. Okay. No, that, yeah, coming up in April. So that's my. Those are my travels. No, you're right. I mean, I think what you're just what you're just spouting is the wisdom that comes with you know being in the business for a long time. Um, so. I mean, I think that's why people like Gail King and other people who are in their 60s and 70s say how amazing it is the older you get because everything just yeah. becomes more clear. Yes. You hope. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that I was good. That. I feel good about that. Yeah. Yes. It was, yeah. I'm right. happy for you too because the way that you're talking about everything, it just feels like you've got the sense of clarity and then that – you know, you're a few years ahead of me, so I always feel like Tiffany's got it going. Okay, I'll be fine. <laughs> and I'll see you. I feel like you will. Let I me feel just like keep you... rubbing her shoulder and see. What <laughs> <it goes out. laughs> you have a good sense of like. I feel like you've got a good sense of harmony going on in your, you know, in your life. So listen, if my dog makes a really good poop, then it's just my whole day is made. How can it get better than that? <laughs> I mean, honestly, the fact that you got a dog—that's that's a point in your in your your personal success column. I was like, yay! When you said you got a dog, I was like, man, that's exactly what I mean. You know what I mean? That has nothing to do. <laughs> with like I got a raise or like I'm a new such and such supervisor like you know that dog gets a sense of joy and I just she love doesn't that care who I am she's like you got the treats you got the snuggles <laughs> exactly <laughs> I love that uh so we don't have a clear transition so we're just gonna say hey guys <laughs> do you have any questions for us yeah we got a couple of good questions you guys Send us your questions. We're hitting springtime is happening. What's going on? Wedding season. Oh, man, people sending their kids off to college the right way, we hope. Send us your questions about anything, financials, career, investing, saving, taxes, you name it. Mm-hmm. All of it. Um, hit us up at brownambitionpodcast.com. Hit ask okay. us anything. Or you can email us directly at brownambitionpodcast at gmail.com. Okay. I always say that for people like me who don't trust those forms, you know. Like, is my email really going to go to you guys? Yeah. So it does. A couple of quick questions from our audience. Let's see. First one from listener Paulette. So I don't know if you heard about this new Apple credit card that just launched yesterday. Uh-uh. Apple is launching its own credit card and the internet was all abuzz. And listener Paulette wanted to know, first, have we heard about it? Yes, we have. Well, half of us has. And <laughs> what are our initial thoughts? I guess I'll share mine. Along with the same lines as so she's also looking for information about the City Double Cash credit card that Mandy has. Yes, I have talked about that card and I love it. Um, is, is the City Double Cash card better than the Apple card? Worse than the Apple card? Just wanted to pick y'all's brains as I continue to search for my next credit card. Good question. So I, I actually went to um, the chief credit card industry analyst that works on my team here at LendingTree, and he's given this a big meh, um, M-E-H, mm-hmm. meh. Not that exciting. You know, Apple's foray into credit cards is kind of as underwhelming, I feel like, as all their software and hardware updates have been lately. Um, yes. This, yeah, this, this card is offering, what is it, 2% cash back on Apple Pay transactions, 3% cash back if you're making purchases on Apple products, and just 1% on purchases made with the actual card, which if you're talking about rewards cards is not that all exciting, unless you shop at Apple every day, which no, No. they don't have (laughs) food. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Um, No, or groceries there. Um, So if if I were between the two options, I would definitely say 
The City Double Cash card is one of the better cards on the market for everyday spending. Um, I was a huge fan of it, like I said, during the renovation because we were making all these purchases that didn't fall into any really lucrative rewards category like travel or restaurants that I'm used to. So the way City Double Cash card works is it will give you 1% cash back on purchases and then another 1% when you actually pay your balance off. So it's potentially going to give you 2% cash back on all purchases. Um, so this card... I would say beats Apple, which only gives you 1% cash back on purchases. Yeah. Apple, I mean, you know, the positive side, the Apple card is a, a no fee, a no annual fee card. So That's good. at least if you were to get it and say, use it only for your Apple products purchasing, then it wouldn't necessarily hurt you to have it. Um, but I wouldn't run out and scoop it up. Yeah, because every time you, you know, you, you apply for a line of credit, you potentially lose points on your score. So you're right. Unless you're an alcoholic where, I mean, how many computers can you get in a month? You know what I mean? So yeah, it doesn't sound like it's a, even though I hadn't heard of it, I've been like under a rug, but, um, it was only yesterday. Don't worry. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's also the fancy, it's made out of titanium or something. It's like the fan. Oh, Everyone's boy. about metal cards now. Listen. They are. Although I do feel fancy when I have my, um, what's that chase go everywhere that you always tease me. Cause my I chase good time it. card. <laughs> <laughs> But Chase, marathon, running car, you're like, uh, the Venture? <laughs> or no. Sapphire? I don't know. Stop it. Stop it. It's the Chase <laughs> Reserve card. Yes. Yes. And so that card is metal. And I'm not going to lie, when I take it out some places, uh, people are like, ooh. You let it clink on the table, make a noise. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a little something, something. <laughs> we actually wrote a whole story about metal cards and if there's anything particularly special about them. It's all about that status feeling. That yeah. A little bit extra went into it. Um, meanwhile, I totally lost my Chase Reserve card, um, but thank God for Apple Wallet. Do you guys use Apple Wallet? You don't have an iPhone. I mean, yeah, you have like an Android, right? Is there a version of like a mobile wallet for the Android? Uh, I don't know. I don't think so. I mean, maybe. It's Well, the Apple Wallet, I basically loaded my credit cards onto it. And, and a lot of places now do Apple Pay or Android Pay where you can scan your phone and like okay. through your phone pay for stuff. And I don't, I honestly lost this card. It's not somewhere people have stolen it, clearly, or else I would have canceled it, but it's probably in my house somewhere. Um, but I haven't had a problem making purchases because I just whip out my Apple wallet and just pay with my phone everywhere. And I'm like, oh, this is the future. Who needs Yeah, it really is the card? future. I yeah, probably it's like sound so you... old right now. They're like, listen, this has been around for years, and <laughs> this is not news. <laughs> You're not representing millennials properly. Or like, you know, like if you, for the rare few of you like me who still goes to the bank, you know, you can like access your money via code and you don't have to have your card anymore, which is nice. Oh, okay. Yeah, I haven't been to the ATM. And... I know. I was like, I don't even want to say that because I just knew the millennials were like, a bank? What's that? What's the big child? Like, <laughs> <laughs> no, you'd be surprised. I'm telling you, young millennials and like Gen Zers, I think they're the ones who have the big banks because it's what their parents use and they just haven't come to the level of the older millennial, young, gen, you know, Gen X land yet. Um, okay. because they're just, yeah, I was talking to my editorial assistant. She's, you know, first job out of college and she's like, yeah, um, I finally closed my Wells Fargo account and got an ally account cause I've been harassing her for a while. Um, <laughs> the youth man, we must lead them. <laughs> Alrighty. So thank you for your question, Paulette. And let's see. Uh, so second question from listener Enid. I hope I said that right. She has a question for Tiffany. I heard that Tiff works at home. Yes, uh, that's that's a rumor that we can confirm. <laughs> despite multiple attempts to, do you pay rent at a co-working facility of some kind? I do, but okay. I mean, yeah. But you work from home. So yeah. Enid says, I've heard Tiff works at home and she's massively successful. And I'd like to hear some tips on working from home and making it financially viable. 
Also, how do you, Tiffany, hire and maintain quality staff who work virtually? I am always challenged to get reliable support for short, short-term projects. Thank you, Enid, uh, for your question. So working from home, I mean, well, it, it, I mean, for me, I, I try to work in an office. Because at first, I'm not going to lie, I wasn't that productive working at home. Because I was like, why work when you can nap, you know? <laughs> um, <laughs> but, and then I tried to go into the actual office. Like I have a, I share office with my publicist, um, Drina. Um, but I found it to be really restrictive because I don't like to wear pants. Um, and so I was like, okay. So what I, what I ended up doing was like, Tiffany, so I had to basically create a schedule for myself at home. Like I still had to approach working at home as if I was going into an office. Like I wake up at a certain time, you know, in the beginning, like I, like, uh, I was like, okay, you wake up, you know, brush your teeth, whatever, take a shower and do yoga, whatever it is I was going to do in the morning and then eat. But then I would have a kind of like start at this time type of like uh, schedule in the beginning. Now, like I've, I'm pretty good at self-regulating where I don't have to have like this really tight, strict schedule. Um, but I had a, a, a schedule like, you know, by nine o'clock, you're sitting in front of your computer. The first hour is emails. The second hour is phone calls. So creating like a schedule for yourself and scheduling in, you know, a walk, scheduling in lunch. Um, don't be afraid to like, if you're, cause sometimes I can get really stagnant at home. So I actually ended up buying this like, um, portable, what is it called? Um, I don't have the battery in front of me, but I have this like portable battery. It's like the size of a, I want to say like a, a big, uh, um, a really, if a, if a cell phone was like twice as big and it's that, so I'll take it with me and I'll actually like work in the park or like sit in the car in, in the park. Um, just to change it up if I've, if, cause sometimes, you know, working at home, you're, you're not as, um, productive. Um, so I'm typically more productive at home, but if I'm feeling just really like, kind of like stuck, I'll take my portable battery with my um, laptop and I'll find someplace else, uh, to work, but creating a schedule for yourself until you can kind of self-regulate. So now because of the way my business is run, I've got standing meetings, um, typically like, you know, like during the week. So it helps to kind of regulate me too. Like I know on Tuesday, we always have our marketing meeting at 10. I have my meeting with my, um, with one of my, um, uh, not one of my, my only, uh, business, um, owner, co-owner, um, for one of my businesses, Jabril, that's Tuesday at nine 30. Um, on Mondays, I have my lead team calls individually with the people on the team. So those calls also help to kind of like regulate how my day, um, goes, but, that's what I would just say. Create a schedule. Um, stick to it. You don't have to get all dressed up. I mean, that's the benefit of working from home. You could get to look crazy. Um, but the the kind of like the con of working from home is sometimes I don't know when to stop. So, you know, like I might have started working at like eight or nine and like at 10, I'm still I'm answering emails still. So even creating a stop time for yourself is really going to be important and letting folks know like, OK, I closed my laptop at like five or six or whatever. I'm still working on that component. I'm, I'm just speak it to the clouds on that one because I'm not good at that part. Um, because you know, working from home is so convenient. It's just really easy to be like, let me open up my laptop one more time. What I think I'm actually going to do is I think I'm actually going to get a second cell phone, um, just for family and friends, because what will happen is, um, my best friend, my other best friend, Linda will call me, but I'll see, I have an email and I'll look. And before you know it, I open my laptop back up again. And so I think that also having kind of like separate, kind of like um, technology for like work and personal will be helpful because it's hard for me not to address an issue. You know, if I see something on my, my laptop might be closed, but my phone is like, a, it's not even like it's a mini computer. 
And so um, that's like the next kind of like um, a productivity tool that I'm going to, I think I'm just going to get like a new phone number and um, just get a, a phone. So when I pick it up, I'm not reminded of work, which is what's happening now. And as far as finding really good people to work with you, so it's practice. Um, I mean, I was terrible at it up until like three years ago and I've been in business for 10 years. So for like the first five, you know, six, seven years, I wasn't that good at it, but I was learning. Um, so one of the ways that I, so I found one really good person and once you find someone that's really dope, then it sets the tone for like, you know, and that person I found, I found randomly. I, I think I posted on social media, Hey, looking for interns. And she started off as an intern. Um, and then I brought her on as my admin, but she helped to set the tone. So basically what I just would say is like, um, kind of, um, you have to interview and work with multiple people to see like what it is that, what does excellence in an employee or a contractor look like to you? Because I didn't know until she came. And then when she came, I was like, okay, so she's self-directed, she's smart, she's quick, she's fun. I mean, I needed somebody who like, I, I was also going to enjoy and like working with. Um, so once I found kind of like she became the template and helped me to set the tone for now, when I interview somebody, I can quickly tell if they're going to be a fit or not. So once I found her, then it was easier to like, look, so I, I typically um, use social media um, to look for folks or what I do is on the team itself, because our team is pretty big now um, for a small business is I'll ask team members. So I might say like, for example, we work with this woman named Latrice, who is a genius. Latrice is amazing. She's our tech support. And Latrice knows how to fix and do everything when it relates to like tech. But we found Latrice through Tamara. Tamara is our amazing literature Academy manager. And so I found Tamara through the initial person that I hired, like that first template person. And so my template person found Tamara and like, and then Tamara is like amazing. And so when I said, Hey, I'm looking for some, a tech person to help us on the team. Does anyone know anyone? So typically I look inward because if you deliver excellence, hopefully the people that you know will deliver excellence too. And so they all know the company culture and the expectations inside the company. So it's important for you as the leader that you set the vision of this is how we navigate. Um, and so Tamara found Latrice and Latrice was a perfect fit. And so I just say all that to say, if we need another tech person, I would go to Latrice and say, do you know someone, you know, that, you know, now that you know us as a, as a team and a family, do you know someone that's going to fit? So I just say is that you find your one template person and you build upon them, but it's critical as a leader, you have to set the tone and the vision. People work for the budget. I mean, we pay decent, but I don't pay like amazing. I'm not going to lie because we're still growing you know, but they work for the company. And this is just feedback from my team because of the mission and the vision. You know, we've got an amazing company culture where we really look after each other and the fact that we're serving other women that are like us. So creating like, especially women, and I suspect maybe men too, is that it's not going to be just money that's going to attract people to you. You have to create a culture that's going to attract top tier talent. Like my team goes so hard. There's times when I'm like, honestly, go to sleep. They're like, you first. And I'm like, you know what? <laughs> um, because they go so hard because of the culture that's been created. And that is your job. Like if you just make your company a job, then that's how they're going to treat it. They're going to be in and out. Give me my money. Let me go. And then when someone offers them more money, people try to poach my team all the time. When someone offers them more money, they're going to be out because they're there just to, to get a paycheck. People are not at the budget nista just to get a paycheck. My team is there because of like, 
the energy, like, yo, we love on our team members. Like they, they have meetings about me. Like, how do we give Tiffany this opportunity to have this baby? Like for real, they always have a secret meeting. We're always having like secret. I feel like Logan is overwhelmed. What can we do? I feel like Tamara needs a fruit basket. Someone send it to her. I feel like, like we're always, it's a family. And so well, like create, go ahead. Oof, that was an epic Yes, yeah, sorry. Tiffany, like sometimes I just I have to just T-bone you to get a word in edgewise. <laughs> but I wanted to, excellent tangent, however. So she wants to know about reliable support from virtual workers. And I feel like that's also hard. It's something that I am challenged with too, because half my team might be like a staff in the office here. And then I have a bunch of people who are full-time staff, but they are remote from me, like not in my office. And then we have like a hundred freelancers who are writing and editing for us. So one thing that I've been challenged by is how do you judge productivity? And then how do you, um, yeah, keep tabs on people when they're all over the place and virtual? Well, we use Asana. That's a very, like a great Ooh, love Asana. Tool. We use mm-hmm. Trello. I've talked about Trello before. Big fan. And that we also use this thing called T-Sheets. Actually, we just switched to something else, but that was what we were using before. But T-Sheets, it's a virtual time clock. So someone has to punch in, say, I am, like when we first started, because all my team is virtual, you know, like um, Sylvia, um, she lives in Arkansas and she um, runs um, all the Facebook, like social media platforms for us. And so, well, most of them. And so Sylvia will punch in and be like, you know, she might put a little note um, because we have multiple companies. So sometimes people work. She might be like um, um, working on something for, at the academy side. So she might put a note saying, you know, like, you know, doing something for the literature academy as she's working. And then if she punches out and then punches back in for the budgetista side, she might put a little note. So T-Sheets helps tremendously because with T-Sheets, um, you can also kind of like link that to like um your your payroll company typically so then you can pay someone you know t-sheets will download and say sylvia worked 10 hours this week and her her you know her pay rate is whatever it is and if you have questions because sometimes what happens is someone will punch into t-sheets and forget to punch out so then you can manually override and fix it you know but um that's another tool that we use um um um, t-sheets to kind of keep track of so of like where people kind of like are and are they doing the work and then what happens is as you get to like trust people more, then I start offering flat pay. So in the beginning, when you first come on, everyone's hourly. You know, you're like, oh, you come on, you're hourly, punch in the T-sheets. And I know, I usually know kind of like how, how much time something takes. I'm not going to lie. We had at one point someone who was taking time. We have to let that person go a while ago because it was like you're punching in, but the thing you're saying you're doing doesn't take that long. And so T-sheets help to alert us to that. And so it was like, okay, this person is not a fit. And maybe I wouldn't have known that had we not had T-sheets and Asana in place to kind of been like, hmm, it's only one task. One task doesn't take 10 hours. Wow. You know? So, yeah, those are, so, those are some of the – but like I said, it's also, too, creating an amazing environment to work in because if you don't have a ton of money to pay people um, – and even if you do have a ton of money, money is not what keeps um, really great employees, and it's not what attracts really great employees. I mean, like um, – it does I know right attract now. freelancers, though. That's all they care about. <laughs> like, <laughs> no, you'd be surprised. Mercenaries. We, well, yes, there are some. Because there are some people who we work with that are just straight freelancers. But if you're building, like, a team team. But, like, um, yeah, you know what? Like, I feel like this, too. If you treat people well, you know, we find people that will give us, like, they, they might be charging another client this. But I found a lot of people who are like, I want to be part of this team because it's so amazing. I'm going to give you, like, kind of like the, I want to be a part of the team discount. So that's possible you know, depending on like what kind of business you have. So creating that work environment, um, but then also having like a clear structure and everyone should kind of know like 
we love everyone, but we're watching. That's what T-Sheets is and that's what Asana is. And, you know, that's what those regular check-ins are too. Like you should be checking in weekly with um, the people on your team to make sure that they're in alignment with what they're supposed to do and, and be quick to let folks go when it's not a fit. I'm terrible at it. I mean, I've kept people for years. And so if it's not a fit and you notice they're taking time or you notice they're not, they're not productive, um, then it's okay to be like, you know, I'm slow to hire permanently. I might give you three months of like, and I'm clear, like, hey, we're going to kind of test you out for three months and see. And if it's week two, it's not fitting. I'm, I'm good at saying it's not fitting now. Yeah. Um, and then um, I'm getting better at letting go much faster when someone's not a fit. So that's something that you have to work on too. It's not easy. Yeah. And especially with, in my two senses, because we do have so many freelancers in our network, writers and editors who we constantly need. We are, our work, our workload um, tends to fluctuate like any content team and every month isn't always the same. The same amount of work isn't always there, but we have, mm-hmm. we try to maintain a good network and a, and a loyal network, like you said, to make that, make it nice to work with us to, you know, pay competitively, but then also, you know, um, keep lines of communication open, give them their own Slack channel, give them their own, um, trainings, you know, every month we'll do, or every few months we'll do a training with our freelancers to remind them of what our standards are and, and just have interface with them and communicate with them. And I think that goes a long way, especially if you're looking to staff like ongoing projects where you need virtual, um, workers or remote workers, freelancers, it helps to have those relationships that you can, you know, pull from the person that you worked from a few months ago, or have someone that you are throwing a few things to each month just to keep them warm and just to keep them, you know, on your on keep the your keep yourself on their radar so that they are more likely to drop everything and maybe come help you out. Because um, it's such a it's so annoying to have to go out and recruit for every new project. Um, yeah, I've, I've been there. And it's mm-hmm. same thing like social media, LinkedIn, I and, you know, we, we posted, we had three different editor jobs. We needed freelance, just part-time freelance for a few months. And we posted it on our, our main job site. 500, 600 applications came in. Whoa. It's ridiculous. Um, I feel you. And if I didn't have help from staff just to go through the resumes and to, you know, get referrals and stuff, I don't know where we would have been. So that's why I work really hard to not have to recruit and just go back to the same freelance yep. team that I built over the last three years. And to create, like, if you are kind of looking and you're, like, getting a flood, like, um, we have, we'll say something like, um, you know, send us three sentences, and then we'll we'll vet from there. Like, well, if you send five or six or seven, you know, it just helps to vet. And I like to pull from our audience, you know, because I feel like um, uh, my audience, you know, we call them the dream catchers. And I feel like that's one less thing I have to explain to you. So I would, I venture to say 85 percent of the people that work for the team were a dream catcher or are dream catchers, meaning like they were in the audience. They were like, you know, taking the literature challenge or whatever. And so I didn't have to explain, this is what a dream catcher is. This is what the budget needs to do. So it makes life, that makes life easier, but not everyone is going to come from that pool. Um, like, I don't think Latrice knew what, you know, like the, the budget needs to, but now she educated herself on it and now she's, you know, killing it. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's it's really, team building is very difficult. Like I said, it took me seven years to get it semi-right. I feel like I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm good at it now. Not great at it, but good at it. Uh, but it, it, you have to actively work on it and really be open to um, critique um, from your team. And so I really try to be like, if I'm doing something wrong, how do you guys feel about this? Um, it's, it's okay to tell me that like I'm sucking right now 
or what, what, what would you have liked if I have done something differently? Because you want to get better. You know, you want to create a, a, a dope environment because a dope environment yields dope results. Excellent. That was probably more than you bargained for, Enid, but hopefully I that know, was really helpful. Bad, I don't know. No, I'm not your bad. Today. That was awesome. <laughs> I'm like all of it today. I'm like, ooh, ooh. Meanwhile, right before, right before we went on, like, Mandy, I was like, I'm so tired. Now I'm like, ooh, <laughs> <laughs> this is what you do. Spread the wisdom. All right, Enid. Enid and Paulette, thanks for your questions. Okay. Again, you guys hit us up, brownambitionpodcast at gmail.com with your questions or go to brownambition.com – sorry, brownambitionpodcast.com um, and click ask us anything to send your questions to us. Yes. So now it's time for a boost or a break or a boost or a break. Slow jam style. Mm-hmm. What you finna do? Boost or break? I don't know what I should boost. I'm going to call it a boost. I'm going to do a boost for um, adjusting your tax withholdings, which is the single most, like, uh, I don't know, cringe-worthy sentence ever because no one wants to look at their withholdings and just the word taxes make people want to cringe. However... Um, now that people are getting their tax uh, returns filed and they're getting the news on whether they owe or are getting a refund, I think it's the perfect time for you to look back and see how you can adjust your withholdings for 2019. I personally adjusted mine a little bit. I feel like I've been calibrating them over the past couple of years since we got married and now we have the house and our incomes have been changing. So I went in and actually changed my allowances this time around because I haven't, I'm trying to get to that place where I don't actually get a big refund. Because in my mind, that means that I'm not giving the government money throughout the year that they don't mm-hmm. need. Um, and this year we got we, – last year we were way out of whack. We owed a bunch of money. This year we net – we came out kind of net a little bit even. We ended up owing, I think, net negative $300 um, to federal when we took into account our refund from state. So I met with my accountant and I was like, how do we get this – how do we get to a place where we're just like net zero? Um, and he had me, you know, do another tweak to my withholdings. And it literally took me two seconds in my, um, you know, in my employer's withholding area. And also the IRS has a withholding calculator, which is actually pretty simple to use considering it's the IRS. And I'll, I'll put a link to it in the show notes. So if you're wondering, um, you know, what should my withholdings be based on my current situation, it's a really handy little tool to use. And it, it sometimes is the answer to whether you're owing or getting too much of a refund to how you actually fix it. Mm. Yeah. And, ooh, these taxes, Chad. These taxes. Right. Um, <laughs> uh, I'm going to do like equal boost and break. So a boost to, well, yes. So for those of y'all, like if you follow me and you don't realize that I've been relaunching the Literature Academy, I don't know if it's relaunching, but we're like the prices of the academies are going up. So by the time you listen to this, it'll be too late. But I just want to share like the level of work that it took to let as many people know as possible that we're upgrading the academy. And as a result, it's going from $9.99 a month to $29.99 a month. But I wanted to make sure that anyone that was wanted to lock themselves in didn't feel cheated. Like, what if I would have only known? My team has been going so Hard. I'm sure you're sick of seeing my face in your timeline, but the boost is just like, you know, launching and you just learn so much. It's like, um, all things business in like a, a, a week and a half span. Um, I mean, everything from marketing to budgets, to, 
just it's been an amazing experience, but uh, I also a break because it is so exhausting. We've been working double digit um, hour days. Um, and so today is the last day. By the time you listen to this, it'll be too late. So I'm not pushing the academy um, because the registration will have been closed. But just like I keep the, thinking about uh, that Drake album. <laughs> well, what's the Drake album? I think isn't it called if you're listening to this, it's too late. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> yeah, so, um, so you know, like our, our one of the things I like to do for uh, the audience is that, like, I tell them, you know, that if you invest in yourself, I'm not penalizing you for you know being loyal. So, like, if you're if you lock yourself in at ninety nine, if you have locked yourself in at nine dollars ninety nine cents a month, that's like where you stay for life. And so, um, so yeah, uh, Tuesday today was the last day to kind of lock that in because we tried our best to make sure that everyone within the sound of our digital voice would know but just like I said the boost is just whoo the team and how successful the launch was and letting as many people know as possible and the break is child launching is back break like mentally bre- breaking labor it's so there's so many things many everything the day that we opened the the doors or the day that we kind of like launched that's the day that Facebook and Instagram were down the whole day we were like oh that's great <laughs> oh god I remember I that Yes. And so and when I tell you everything that we've used has broken, I was doing this business webinar where I was like doing kind of like a sneak peek into like, this is kind of what you get in the academy. And we like broke webinar jam or whatever we were using. It just was anything that could have broken, broke. So it's just been a, um, a trial to not get discouraged. And I'm just really proud of my team. They are amazing. Um, like everyone is deserving of like, you know, just like a bonus, a raise or something like that, you know. Um, and so, yeah, just, I cannot wait to take my two weeks of like Wusa. I see now why Carlos, my accountant after, um, February 14th, he always takes like the next two weeks off. Cause he's like, leave me alone. Like <laughs> once I do your taxes. <laughs> and so I feel like this is my tax season that, you know, once the launch is done, I'm like, everyone leave me alone. I just want to like lay quietly someplace and, and just like Wusa. So that's it for me. Wusa. It's like the yes. new chant. Yes, wusa, 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 wusa. <laughs> you know Michael Jackson stole that mama say mama sama makusa? I mean, I didn't think he made it up. Isn't that <laughs> yeah. some sort of African language? No, I think um, it was like a singer or something like that had it. Like I was listening to this other podcast and they were talking about IP, um, intellectual property and all that kind of stuff. And it was like some other musician. But, you know, Michael Jackson was like, I'm Michael Jackson. What are they going to do? Well, they sued him and they successfully won. Yeah, so just, just a little. Well, we don't want to end the show on the Michael Jackson <laughs> path, do we? Because I know, <laughs> you're right. You know, but I wasn't thinking about the other. I was just thinking of yeah, but like everyone <laughs> probably is now. I know. Just think about Mama saying Mama. Mama, Mama. <laughs> don't think about the other stuff. <laughs> I don't know if we're allowed to say that anymore. No I'm kidding. Oh, but yes, I'm gonna miss you guys. I mean, obviously, I'm gonna be tuning in. Don't have too much fun without me. Uh, we'll miss you, but I'm happy for you and, you know, all of the relaxation. I hope that you actually relax, though. I know. Because right? otherwise, try. why are you leaving us for if you're not going to actually relax? I know. You could I'm have been on the a, show. A social media break, too. I'm going to try to take a social media. I'm not I don't want to hear from you. I don't want to see the Instagram ads. Yeah. Well, no posting. No, so, well, here's the thing. I do have a team, so you'll likely see, like, okay, not fine. me. Hey, Eris. Hey, Sylvia. That's like the, <laughs> like, the um, social media posting team. So if you see that, you know, you might see them doing that. But as far as me personally, I'm really going to try to take a social media break. So it won't be like, because usually I do a lot of my social media myself. But um, yeah, I'm going to take a break from that because the sister needs like more naps in her life. 
Yes. And then I'd like you to start thinking about what you'll do in August when I'm also away for two weeks because that is my life goal for this year is to not be here when everyone else is gone in August. (laughs) All right. Well, enjoy your break. Thank you guys for listening. I'm back next week with Lynette Calfani-Cox, Ask the Money Coach. Send us your questions. Send questions for Lynette. I got to keep her busy. And then the week after that, we'll have Sandy Smith from Yes, I Am Cheap. It's going to be a fun couple of weeks, y'all. Yes, indeed. The Bigger Pockets portfolio of podcasts are worthy of your investment. We're having a real conversation as real real estate investors. New episodes available every day. It's important to buy where it makes money and not necessarily where you want to travel to. Bigger Pockets on the market, rookie real estate or money podcast. The purpose of flipping is to create more cash so then you can reinvest into other types of properties. The Bigger Pockets podcast on YouTube or wherever you listen.